Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. This is the smoothest intro it's ever been. How's it I going, know. Cody? Um, you know, man, I know I said I was doing pretty good when I talked to you right before we started recording. Literally, literally 30 seconds ago, actually. But here's the thing. You know, this is the part where we talk about what we've been up to this oh, past no. week. Oh, what, what? Oh, you've just been busy as heck, dude. Well, I have been, but that's not what I'm going to talk huh. about. I, I went on vacation to Colorado. It was fun. And then I had family in town. I was Colorado. Well, I mean, uneventful in a good way. We were just there good. to visit friends. That's not what... Well, I did get to play with an Oculus Rift. How was, was that? Yeah. It was fun. It was good. I um, actually don't really care for virtual reality. I don't, I, I don't care. Oh, I am unsure how I feel about it. It was fun. While we were there and while we were all hanging out and playing games, that was a good time. There was a lot of mini games that were super fun. I played VR Skyrim. It is clumsy, but it's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, no, no duh. Um, so I don't know. It's it's pretty it's pretty neat. I can understand why people would drop some money on it. To it's it's not that expensive to get into if you already have a computer. So you know. Eh. Yeah, I think but, I'll stick with my usuals. Jordan, that's not what I want to talk about. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Jordan, this is, this is sad. This is a sad thing I want to talk what? about. Jordan, I watched the show Chernobyl. Straight up, you just watched the most soul-crushing show that you could possibly find. Yeah, because I watched the trailers. It looks amazing, but I'm like, I cannot watch this show. And really, in one sitting, like basically, poor Cody, five hours of I just watched that show and finished it. You must be devastated. It was it was pretty rough, but it was weird because I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. It wasn't just horror. Like, the first episode might as well have just been a horror movie. It played out like one. Yeah, because people Um, literally melt. Yeah, well, and it's the unknown nature of it that's so creepy. Yeah. And the way it was handled where, you know, the the scene where, like, the show starts and it's the, like, main control room operator, ears ringing, the reactor is just blown. And then he, like, kind of comes to... And, you know, everyone's like, what do we do? There was an explosion. He's like, we'll keep pumping water into the reactor. And they're like, well, the pumps aren't responding. Nothing's responding. He's like, well, get down there and turn on the pumps. And right as he says that, this guy comes crashing in. And just like, And he's like, there's no reactor. And he's like, what? What do you mean there's no reactor? He's like, the reactor is gone. He's like, that wasn't a reactor explosion. It was some tank of water. It's fine. Get water to the reactor and it was just denial for days the reactor was open and burning and they just went it's not burning it's not open and burning that's impossible and there's no way to get visual confirmation because anyone that sees it dies immediately yeah, anyone who sees it just melts they just and there's this die. scene where they make this guy go up there and oh, look at it God. and you just like see him be like shoved out onto this roof basically at gunpoint and he just looks over the edge and dies. And it's just like, jeez, like, it's so brutal. And like these people, you know, they're like trying to get around the plant. And in some areas of the plant, like they're getting dosed with enough radiation that they're all like going to die of cancer in the next four years. But they're not getting dosed with enough to feel it. And that's what's so creepy. It's throughout the whole show. There's some people that like look at it and their face melts. Or there's this guy that picks up a rock and his like arm falls off. But then there's thousands of people thousands hundreds of thousands of people that it's just like you now are going to die in the next five to ten years 
badly, you know, and it was yeah, yeah, you're going to die of like terrible cancer and yeah, et cetera, and et cetera. Th- there's like a scene where this nuclear physicist that's there and this like Russian bureaucrat are talking and they're like so what's the reality of this and he's like we're both gonna be we're both dead like we've been sitting next to an open reactor like we don't feel anything but you're going our to skin's die. not gonna melt but we're not gonna live much longer now because of this like there's no way gosh that and is they horrifying. have to send in well and like they there's this part where they have to send miners in to put like a heat exchanger underneath the core so it doesn't melt down into the groundwater Oh, and yeah, kill everybody. The guy that they have cast as the foreman for the miners might be one of the best cast guys ever. He was perfect. But they have all this like fake safety equipment. Like they have these dust masks. Yeah, which what is that gonna do? And this guy comes in and he is looking at them and he's like, Do these dust masks do anything? And the physicist is like, eh, kind of. And they kind of have a conversation. He just like asks what they need him to do, and he's like, Okay. And then he gets up and throws the dust mask on the table. He's like, these didn't anything you'd be wearing it would just walks out the door i mean you know he's I mean? not wrong because he knows like yeah. he knows what he knows what they're doing to him but there's no one else to do this job they have to do this or people die you know and that happened over and over and over again where there's like in horrible tasks that are going to result in death and they're just like well we and the reason to, we have to kill someone to do this i didn't want to watch it is because a all of that and it's just it's horrifying but then the fact is it's a real event like this yeah. happened that's and that's the scary part about it. Is this is real. It's fairly accurate. Like yeah, it's that's not, what I heard. I heard it's re- I heard it's a really, really good show. But I just I am not in the mood to just have my being just destroyed over a course of a week. So two things though. One, um, oh gosh, what's his name? I think Jared Harris, who's um, the first Dumbledore's son, Jared Harris, oh, yeah. does great. He's a nuclear physicist. The one that um threw me for a loop was uh was it Starin Sarsgaard? Oh, Sarsgaard, yeah. Yeah, he was the like crazy scientist from Avengers and yeah, Thor. Yeah, I know he is. And he's like this dumpy scientist who's all crazy. He plays this intimidating Russian bureaucrat who like he's not a big guy, he's not an imposing guy. He is terrifying through that entire show. And just um all of it is physicality and demeanor and the way he looks. And I'm just like, dang, he can act. When he's not given clown shoes roles, he is good at physically being terrifying to these people. And it's uh, just every single person. And they all look exactly right. Like, you can look at side-by-side pictures of the casting. And That's the what I was worried about. And- because usually, like, when they do some of these, like, based on true story, they... Well, at least when they do it in America, it's a lot of the, oh, yeah, no, this person definitely is a movie star. And the real person is like this dumpy dude who just did something amazing. No, I mean, um, like the only difference is some people had more hair, (laughs) which I assume is because the actors were not going to shave their heads. Watch the oil rig movie with um, Mark Wahlberg. And then at the end, when they show the pictures of everybody who like actually was in there, it's just like, yeah, these people don't look remotely the same. We just had well, Mark Wahlberg jump in here. Like most of the characters were kind of like dumpy and schlubby. Like all of and this yeah, they worked gross, at a nuclear a, power plant. Well, and <laughs> it's all of the miners. There's this scene where um, it's like a hundred degrees or fifty degrees Celsius in the tunnel they're digging by hand because they can't use machinery. Um, and they they want to use fans and they won't let them because it'll blow dust up into their lungs. They're like, we don't care. We're dying anyways. 
Um, so they all take off all their clothes and are working completely naked. Jeez. And it is like, oh, it's just so brutal. It's such a brutal well, show. Way to just like, you know, bring the show up. It's like, yeah, oh, hey, usually know. we thought we had something interesting or fun to say. And you're just like, hey, I just had my heart ripped out of my chest. And it really, it, it really times. is. But it, it does show a lot of the humanity of like, I think there's a habit of maybe thinking of Soviet Russia as very alien and mm-hmm. unknown. And it made it feel very real and very human. You know, all the characters were just normal people. And all of the failings were very understandable. Like, they weren't these weird alien, like, oh, this could only happen in Russia failings. They were the same cutting corners and laziness and indifference that makes any of these disasters possible. Um, Which is interesting, you know, like the whole... St- and the explanation they give, like a beat-by-beat explanation of exactly how this thing happened. And I had no idea any of this stuff. And it was fascinating the yeah. time that they took to explain very boring technical details no that's that's really cool i'll when i am feeling like i can handle it i will definitely watch it because you are not the first person and probably won't be the last person to recommend it and say like it is good like i've heard so much in the last few weeks about this one show and it's like i, I should but right now i don't think i can like handle it's... that devastating of a show and the Everything about it is haunting. Like yeah. The soundtrack. They. That, I watched like, that clicking, tra- the like two minute, two, three minute trailer. And this is like, holy crap. The, I found out this from my brother. They recorded sounds from a real nuclear power plant. And that's what a lot of the soundtrack oh, is. Geez. And also there's a lot of incorporate, you know, like that ticking sound when people have like those radiation detectors. Yeah. T- yeah it's noise. a lot of that in the background. And that's- it's just. That's horrifying awesome. stuff. Yeah, dude. Like, well, let's let's here. You sound you sound like you need a hug, dude. I know, man. You, it was, you, it's like terrible. usually I say that as a joke, but right now you sound like you need a hug, bro. Anyway, so I just wanted to brighten up the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, I I should have started this week. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you always Actually, you no. always decide to ask me first. No, 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 no. So. I think I'm good finishing because now people won't be devastated right before they go into the real deal. So my weekend, I actually took a um, quick weekend trip to New York because of the Wizard and Bruiser live show, you know, um, from Holden McNeely, who did our episode, our Supernatural episode a couple of weeks ago. Week, yeah, probably like two months ago. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of them. Yeah, no. So first, visiting New York. Well, like, okay, again, just another joke. We're going to pretend like it didn't happen. <laughs> it was a, Jordan, I, we have to stop sandbagging each other's jokes. Yes, we, and we literally are just punching each other in the face with like these bad jokes. But um, Right? <laughs> we're not even like acknowledging this. It's like whatever, just pass over. Just continue like it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, great. It's, like, it's, it's like, going to make this we're flow. We're just edi- like, editing already where it's just like we're editing in the fact that we're going to delete that joke. I'm not going to delete that joke. I'm kidding. But yeah, no. First, New York. I haven't been there since high school and like it was a high school trip so we did like the super touristy like rock around oh look the statue of liberty oh look Times square oh yeah so going by myself it was really cool to just like be able to explore and wander just as jordan and well my girlfriend was jordan and mel rather than like on a huge trip with a bunch of people you have to like always do what other people want we were just able to do whatever so we stayed in williamsburg brooklyn which was really nice went Walked around for a bit, went to a nice little, like, health. It was one of those healthier restaurants, but it was it was good. 
Like, like bo- that was the most Midwestern thing I have yeah, ever right? heard someone utter in my life. It was one of those healthy restaurants well, yeah, like ha- where they half serve of the menu lettuce. Was, half of the menu was vegan. <laughs> Heaven forbid, I know. But, oh my gosh, they're fries. It's not fried chicken, so I'm pretty I mean, I actually, I actually did get fried chicken. I am sorry. To be quite okay, honest, wait. I got fried chicken. So Hang on, you. back up. We need to back up to the part where I was making fun of KFC, not, not Black Stereotypes. I, see, the thing is, I'm like... Usually not on the mind where someone's being racist to me, so I thought that's what I thought you was. Like, it's not fried <laughs> chicken, so like I thought that's what I'm like. Haha, I actually did have fried chicken. I was. Di- I just want to make that clear because I immediately felt bad. Oh no! Like it was, it's to the point where it's like I know you, so the fact that you said that like didn't even like mean anything to me. Yeah, but our audience doesn't. They might think I suck, and then they'll say mean words to no me. No one and then says I'll words. Cry. No one says words to us. Period. Yeah, but this is gonna be what starts it. <laughs> Please, guys, comment on the podcast. Like, leave us messages. We want to hear from you. Holy crap. Even if they're I mean, know I'll there cry, are 30 of okay. you, at least 30 of you every week who listen to us. So please leave some messages. Yeah, literally, you can tell us anything yeah, and we'll do it. You can just, t- like, cuss me out. And honestly, I would be happy. I would be happy. But, anyways. Well, th- Jordan, now, now this is straying into creepy. But. Okay, <laughs> screw you, man. But yeah, so the first <laughs> night, like we did, like a um, meetup. Well, yeah, Saturday night we did a meetup of like the Twitch people who I like, get on Holden's Twitch and like the people who've been interacting so far. We did karaoke. It was extremely fun. It pretty much ended with us all screaming songs at the end of it because <laughs> it just got to that point. But everybody who I met from the Twitch was super cool, and it was just a super fun hang. And then the next day, I went around, we went to Times Square, where I stopped by Midtown Comics, which is an amazing comic store, and they had a bunch of Gundam models, which I didn't buy any of them, because I didn't want to have to have the hassle of trying to get it back to myself. Yeah, that's understandable. But they, it was such a cool comic book store. Then we went to this um, um Japanese store down the street, which was really cool. They had a bunch of manga upstairs, but they also had like actual like Japanese magazines and all that stuff downstairs, and like cool crafts and it was just really cool kino kunia kino kunia if you want to check that out in new york city it's in times square by the times square mid midtown comics like right down the street but it was just a really fun time and then the live show the live show was actually super fantastic so it was wizard and bruiser and then their other podcasts on the same network page seven which is a celebrity gossip podcast Wizard and Bruiser live show was pretty much like them doing like a dissertation on anime and talking about like just going through like anime as a whole, like kind of some of the origins and uh, origins of some of the themes in it and just certain things like, oh, when you think of anime, you think of like these few things, but here's like so much more behind it and like some of the meanings and some of like the standout shows. It, it was just, re- it was really cool. They're Holden and Jake are absolutely hilarious. And then page seven, just they had three separate segments. One was the um was Molly Neffel trying to convince them that puppets are not creepy. Because Well they are beca- because fine. she That's had cool. gone to a um study abroad for puppetry and they like freaked out at that, like what why that's so creepy. He's like, No, puppets are not creepy. And she went on this. Holden did a dissertation on horse girls. And Jackie talked about sex, but <laughs> which is well, one of those was far more interesting than all of the others. The puppets, yeah, right. 
No, my hint was going to be, and it's not horses or puppets. <laughs> but yeah, and then afterwards, both shows got up, and Holden and Jake, they were trying to convince Jackie and Molly about, like, that, convince them to watch anime, and then Jackie and Molly were trying to convince Jake and Holden to watch, um... What, ride horses? No, to watch reality TV shows. <laughs> Have you ever watched reality TV sh- We've talked yeah. about The Bachelor. Yeah, Never no, mind. yeah. And so they show, each showed like a clip, and they were like some of those outlier clips. So like they showed the Vanilla Ice um, does Amish or goes Amish or whatever that show is. And then just it, it was all bad. And there was this one murder mystery reality show where all of the like murders are just really outrageous. Like a guy like gets attacked by a cougar. I mean, that's how I would murder so, someone. I think it was called Who Done It, and you sh- it's all on YouTube, so just definitely look it up. But yeah, it was just a fun show. Afterwards, I got to hang out with Holden for a bit. Um, well, before and after, we talked. I talked to Lexi for a bit. Just like they're both really sweet, really cool people in person, and just hanging the whole thing. I just I'm in such awe. It was just such a good time hanging with everybody. No, I get you. They seem lickable. Ill. And it, is, it wasn't awkward, like, talking to Holden was like talking to an old friend, so that was cool. Like, it was funny. Just, I Did you sniff him? No. I waited. It was weird. Waiting in line for someone that I'm, like, kind of friends with. And then I got up to him. was like, oh, hey, we, like, actually had a conversation. Like, people were, like, were just looking. It's like, what the heck? It was like, it's like, yeah, I should probably leave so all the other fans can continue to trap you in the corner. So you did sniff Stop him, it! I'm just Shut up, Cody! Like. You're ruining this! Every time! <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to talk about how you can talk. Oh yeah, you licked him, right? You you sniffed his butt like a dog, huh? How do you do you sniff him? Do you sniff him? Do you sniff him? It's not funny, Cody. It's not funny. Oh god, <laughs> I hate you. But yeah, no, no. I, I know. But then I know you're just happy, and I have to ruin. Yeah, things right. For you. I didn't ruin things for you. But then afterwards, we got invited to hang for the little after party thing, so that was cool, and met more people, and just it was weird being in the same area as like all the people who I've listened to their voices for hundreds of hours. It's like, uh, but yeah, no, it wasn't awkward. It was a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun in New York, and I would love to go back if they ever do another live show, either there. Or chicago or west coast but yeah definitely for everybody listening to this please check out wizard and bruiser it's a fantastic podcast and page seven is good as well but <laughs> well we're more yeah, on the nerd no. side so i don't want to be like praise there, Jordan. but no we're on the nerd side so they're more up our alley but yeah both podcasts are fantastic and it's just wait did you just call me a nerd yes you nerd George, you sat there for I'm... 10 minutes asking if i sniffed people you're a nerd i asked it you I asked it twice. You asked it like me. three or four times, actually. Second of all, I ride a motorcycle. That means I'm no, definitely You ride cool. a 43-year-old motorcycle. You're not cool. I do ride a... <laughs> it's very old. It's very old. Anyways, thank you for ruining my segment. Thank you for, like, every time I try to be serious or try to have a conversation with you, you just ruin it. So thank you. That was great. I'm good at that. That was, that was great. I'm talented. At- <laughs> Freaking jerk. Before we get to what we actually do, I just one last thing about the live show is I got to meet Jake Young, who's also on Wizard and Bruiser podcast, but his podcast, his original podcast, Nerd of Mouth, is pretty much what got me into podcasting in the first place. Like, that's the first one I listened to. I listened to literally every single episode of it. <laughs> 
I didn't know he had a separate Yeah, it podcast. was the f- first one, and then that one ended, and I think like a month later, oh. a month or so later, is when Wizard and Bruiser started up. That makes sense, because they've never plugged it on yeah. Wizard and Bruiser. Yeah, but so his was the first one I ever listened to. I listened to every single episode just because I loved it. And like, I honestly think I would not be doing like this without them. So that's like a huge shout out to them. And also, like, it was because it's like weird being in the same room with people you kind of idolizing, but then also having to remember it's like, oh, yeah, they're surrounded by like crazy fans. Just be a normal dude. Because that's what people want, not someone's like, oh my god, I've listened to every single word you've ever said. Or you can just be like, oh, hey man, I love your podcast and like have a normal conversation, which we started talking about G Gundam, which is by far the weirdest series of Gundam ever. Now look, I'm going to disagree with you. If we ever have fans, I want them to be insane. Rabbit, <laughs> I want to sniff you. Stalkers. Let me come up and sniff you. You want them to sniff you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, Cody. That's what I want, Jordan. That's what I want out of my life. So this week, it's the yardstick of my success. Honestly, we're never gonna get there, dude. <laughs> we are. We're we have, here. I'm we have, ready. No, I mean we're never gonna get to being famous. We have thir- we have oh. thirty. Well, that's pretty we harsh. Have thirty regular listeners, and I said it's like, okay, that's more than none. Now, if every if all thirty of them went and talked to one friend about it and shared the podcast and got that friend to listen. We would have 60. There you and go. And then they need See, to talk we're, we're to people. One... And we can spread and take over the world. See, we're just one conversation with your friend away from having 60 listeners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> with specifically my friend, though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Cody, this is the third third story. Well, third part of our stories. But the fourth yes, story is. episode since we did the pitches first. Yep. So, yeah, no, this... This is when it's going to get real good, because I'm excited about this part, because there's there's some good stuff happening. It's the, it's the climax. Oh, not oh, for me what? at all. You're, huh? You you literally, you do not follow your own rules. I did not follow my own rules. When you said, okay, so the story format, week one, the pitch, week two, exposition, week three, rising action, week four, the climax, week five, the resolution. So tell me. That you didn't do climax on week four, and that's not completely just away from what you had already said. Sorry. Cody. I don't think I could write five pages of falling action. It's bad from the beginning. And then you're going to see how I did it. I think I did a very good job of setting this up. So, Well, I'm glad. I think that my thing is fine, though. Okay, Cody. Since, like, like we said last week, we're going to keep the same order. So yeah, you're you're free to go whenever, but just give kind of a quick recap of last week's. Okay, so last week, our main character Alexis began her adventure with Deb. They walked through a frozen forest for a little while. When they made camp at night, they were attacked in air quotes by a goblin. The goblin turned out to be a friend of old Deb who had come to warn her about the Kraken. Deb and Ribbit the Goblin went to attack the Kraken and try to stop it, which is a massive uh, sea monster that looks like Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Meanwhile, Alexis tried to bail on the adventure because it's a Kraken and she can't fight one of those. So, um, she has a kind of change of heart and decides to come back and try to help her friends, but ultimately they are smashed by a Kraken. She awakes alone in the darkness. And that is where our story starts this week. Okay. 
So this time I actually wrote the right length. It's like four and a half pages. Wow. So, so I did that right. For the first right. two weeks, you just completely ignored that. Just blew blew the page. I tried really hard to only write five pages this time. Also because the way I know is whatever. I should have written the climax this week. But like basically the beginning of next week is going to be the climax then falling action. I just don't feel like a week of five pages of falling action was going to be too much for me. Because it's going to be pretty short. But... Anyways, here we go. This is called part three. Sorry, I still don't have good names for my parts. It's like you are not ready to do a story like series. Of what? What's wrong? Some things just have something called chapter one. It doesn't have to have chapter. I mean, mine names. aren't much better because I just have one word for each of my titles. But still, fine. This one's called part three. The one word title is third. I hate you. Boom. There, it's oh, in the Google oh, Doc. Is Alexis going to sniff them? Are they going to sniff each other in this one? She actually oh, does smell something of. in this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. Keep going. Just start your story. <laughs> I'm going to start writing notes. Okay. Stan, your notes are going to be really mean this week, aren't they? You, as usual, we started off, we actually, we started off on a good foot. We were both ready to go. We talked about our things, but then you just had to be weird during my thing and then set the mood for me to be annoyed as usual. It's because you can't just have me be happy. You can't have me be in a good mood. That's you are not in, untrue. No, you are incapable of me being happy. I think you're <laughs> yes, right. Yes, because we started right. off so good, and then you went back to normal Cody crap. Well, we also kind of brought it down with Chernobyl. Can and I, I tried to bring it up, now, and then you were Cody about it. Yeah, that's true. Can I, can yeah, I tell my story a bit sniff now, though? It. Okay, well, there is sniffing, as I said, but that's a spoiler. Standing in true darkness, it feels like it goes on forever. There is no end to it. I'm sure technically there is. I cannot see an end or anything. It was not blind. It was night, and darkness, and darkness was all around me. There was nothing to light my way. I woke to an infinite nightmare. Panic set in, and my heart began to race. How could this have happened? We had won. Old Deb and Ribbit, they won. Wait, Ribbit? Old Deb? Where were they? Old Deb! Ribbit! Where are you? Ribbit! Old Deb! The louder I shouted, the quieter my voice felt. Total silence answered me, and total darkness. I could not think. I could not see, and I was alone. My breath came, and my breath came short and fast. I grew dizzy. If they were not here, well, they wouldn't have left me, so they must be... They can't be dead. How could they be dead? They were alive. I saw them defeat the Kraken. And then something happened, and now it's night, and I'm alone. Somewhere in my confused mind, I remembered my light. The relief that hit me felt like a force. It was tangible. I dropped to my knees and began to search. It had to be nearby. I raked my hands over the muck and waste left from the Kraken. Until finally I found it. My hand hit something round and heavy and metal. My dad's mag light. I reached my hand to click on the light and found nothing but air. The mag light had been smashed. No matter, no matter how tough my dad said the mag light was, it was not tougher than a smashing kraken. Misery. A hopeless misery washed over me and I sunk to my knees in the quagmire. I felt around and found more broken shards of the light. Tears began to fall from my eyes as I cradled my last hope of getting unlost to my chest. I wept until I grew tired, so tired that I stopped caring. I just stood up and staggered off. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew that I would probably walk in circles, but I just felt like wandering. 
Later, I was sure that I had been walking in circles. It was okay. I mean, I was no more lost than I was when I had started. And it helped. Slowly, my mind cleared. Walking did that. It helped. Sometimes moving was all I needed to get thinking again. Then, finally, I had a thought. I stopped and closed my eyes and waited. I waited to notice something that I had been ignoring. I sniffed the air and felt the wind. I hope you emphasize that just for me. Just for you. I listened, I breathed, and slowly focused on the sounds that I knew were there. I started to build a picture. I felt a steady wind from my back. It smelled of salt and rock. I turned so my back was facing it, remembering the storm that had been blowing behind the kraken. That must mean that the forest this cursed is on either my left or my right. As I became more aware, I heard the faint rustling of trees. I smiled. That was my way. Walking through the forest in the dark is fun. Everything is a discovery. I remember thinking that. It is much less fun now that every discovery is a root that makes me fall flat on my face. But I am getting better. I have a staff that I'm using to feel my way along. I still have my eyes pressed shut and walk so that the wind is always hitting the same side of my face. I wait to hear something else to guide my way. Or, okay, really, I I stopped paying attention and I walked into a stream. But who cares? It worked. I found something to follow. I remembered, in school, stuff always happens along water. People need water, so little towns and stuff tend to spring up there. So I follow the river long en- so if I follow the river long enough, I should find a village of helpful alpacas that can help me get back on my feet. I could just imagine old Deb haggling with them for some kind of wool to make a new magic scarf or something. I felt the water rushing over my feet, and I realized I had a decision to make. Up river or down river? Down river would probably take me to the ocean. Up river would take me towards the Kraken. It was not a hard choice to make. Me and the Kraken had unfinished business. I wanted to know what happened to my friends, so I was not going to run away. I walked along the river, keeping my staff in the water. A sick, manic excitement driving me to chase the Kraken. Finally, I found what I had been looking for. Lights in the darkness. Maybe it was just a camp or something else, but it was enough. I moved silently as the night. As I crept closer, I could hear voices. High and shrill, not unlike Ribbit. But my time here had made me smart. Smart enough not just to go crashing into the firelight. So I circled and spied, until I found a bush that I could crouch behind and watch. Goblins, making a camp, and roasting what looked like a whole lamb over the fire. Uh, so what's the plan? My heart jumped as I slowly looked sideways to see a goblin staring at me. I say we go for the bow and arrow. Kill all the goblins before the scout that they left out in the darkness to find spies can find us. What? Well, I'm not gonna... He continued like he didn't even hear me. Oh, wait, wait, I'm the scout, and you're the spy. So, what do I do with a little human that tries to sneak up on goblins in the dark? You do know we can see in the dark, right? I mean, I almost didn't want to stop you because watching you try to sneak was getting pretty entertaining. You know what? Do what you want. I just got away from finding a kraken. My friends are either dead or missing, and you're the first person I've seen since then. So you know what? You do whatever you want. You're not worse than the thing I'm hunting. I stare down at the goblin and walk into the firelight. The goblin, all the goblins stiffen, clever hands straying down towards knives. What? I'm unarmed. Are you going to try to kill me? Go for it. You will definitely win. But if not, I am starving and that sheep actually looks pretty good right now. The scout goblin came up next to me and drew a dagger. I tried really hard not to flinch. 
but he just cut a hunk of meat off the lamb and handed it over. You know, you remind me of this crazy old lady that that loudmouth ribbit tagged along after. Old Deb was her name, and she is not crazy, and neither am I. Did you really see a kraken? We heard rumors, and, well, we found the desolation in the forest, but it's real. Ribbit, he and old Deb, well, they tried to stop it, and I I tried to help. It looks like we did not do that. And now, I I don't know where they are. The goblin looked a little sad. Ribbit is a loudmouth, but he and old Deb were some of the most grim and savvy wanderers there ever was. But who are you, child? Alexis, I guess. Well, I'm I'm a new wanderer. Who are you? Flutter. My name is Flutter. I am the first goblin ranger of the Ford of Horrors. Well, Alexis, generally my orders would be to detain you and bring you back to the Lord of Horrors, but maybe we can forget the cuffs and you can just come and see the Lord of Horrors on your own. Well, does he know how to kill krakens? You do not stop on this kraken thing. I don't know, maybe. The only way to find out is to ask. Don't worry, though. He can be a little... Hmm. So which way is your scary fort? Flutter blinked. When he spoke, he sounded like he was struggling not to snap. The Fort of Infinite Horrors lies along the stream. We will take it like a... Hey, where are you going? I just started to walk away. Well, Flutter, you can catch up, but if I have to go meet the Lord of whatever, fine. Let's go meet him. I walked along alone, but before too long, I saw goblins flanking me, walking, crawling, and climbing along in the darkness. The Ford of Infinite Horrors did really live up to its name. It was as gothic and dark as you would expect, set on the top of a sheer cliff leading down to a massive lake that surrounded the dreadful castle. Lightning cracked and spread across the sky. The silhouette of the haunted castle framed by lightning almost made me laugh. It was just too perfect. This evil castle nestled in a scary forest. The path was flanked by twisted trees that led all the way up to the front of the structure. Walking through the spiked gates and past the courtyard was also not disappointing. There were goblins, of course, but there were also trolls that made me seem tiny. Wolves, catmen with glowing eyes, pale and translucent translucent figures that shifted in and out of sight. I saw all these monsters and I knew I should be afraid. This place was objectively pretty scary, but none of these creatures were as mountainous as the Kraken. They were snarling and snapping and quite frankly, they stunk. But the part of me that would have jumped out of my skin at the sight of a scary face was left back in the wake of the Kraken. Flutter led me through another gate into the castle itself. There was a long hall lit by dim red and green fires. It was haunting, and so was the large figure at the end of the hall sitting upon a skeletal throne. He was man-like, but stretched and sunken. His eyes shone green, and his black teeth protruded from an overlarge mouth. The crown he wore on his thin white hair looked like it was made of iron and bone. Who is this guest that darkened my abhorrent hall? Oh, master of darkness and malice and the macabre, I flutter. Your first ranger found this human walking through the forest cursed. She claims to have been lost and sought out our cooking fire. She also claims to have known the most famous traveler, Old Deb, and the goblet. Oh, come on. Hi, my name is Alexis. I saw a kraken. Yes, it is real. 
Yes, it wrecked your very scary forest. We tried to stop it. We failed. Flutter here tells me maybe you know something that can help me slay a kraken. Flutter flinched, but the Lord of Horrors just stood up slowly. Oh, Alexis, how I do love your brash tone. You have the confidence of youth. Bold and unimpressed with your elders, I do savor it. But, Alexis, you are mistaking confidence for competence. Many young heroes make the same mistake. How do you think dragons are fed? I faltered for a moment, realizing even if he is smaller than the Kraken, the creature in front of me might still be extremely dangerous. I I meant no offense, but I don't know you. And I'm not from here. I'm not bold or confident or skilled or anything. But all the same, I am stopping the Kraken. It hurt my friends. It might have killed them. I don't know. Either way, it has to be stopped. So yeah, I'm looking for help. And if I cannot find it from you, I'll find it from someone else. Magic, girl. What you need to use is magic. And who better to teach you than I? Maybe I could slay the Kraken, dangerous as I am. But maybe it would be better that you do it. A quest you claim to be on, yes? Well, then why would I rob you of your prey? Now, pray tell me, what can I assist you with? My flashlight broke. It was magic, and it was my dad's. Now the magic is gone. I need something else, a powerful magic item, or a spell, or something I can use. I showed the towering, gaunt lord of horrors my broken maglite. He reached down and plucked the shattered pieces from my hand and smiled. Tell me, child, do you value your, do you value yourself so little to think that magic came from metal and glass and not from you? I was confused. Yeah, old, old Deb said that the light could guide me, so I had this light from when... I was at home, and I turned it on, and magic happened because you willed it to, and because you focused. That flashlight is not magic, you are! But if you come here with the confidence and boldness of youth, fine. I will teach you, and you will learn. Or you will die. What? The Lord of Fingers... The Lord of Horrors, sorry, snapped his fingers and the floor became liquid. I slipped and slid until the floor re floor reformed into a steep slide. And I slid down past torchlight, torchlit passageways and dark iron cage doors until I landed on a damp stone floor. I looked up and heard a voice echo down. Escape or die, girl! Danger is the best teacher! The slide melted, and I was left alone in the dark, again, and again panic began to nag at me. Then it started to scream. How was this helping me learn magic? What was I supposed to do now? I tried to think. If they had wanted to kill me, they would have just killed me. So this has to be a puzzle I can solve. I mean, I hope it is. The creepy monster guy said magic happened because I willed it to. So I tried to will magic to happen. I sat and thought and strained and tried to flex a muscle that did not exist. After what felt like hours, I found myself on the floor, just splashing around. Eventually, the fear had subsided and I was really just bored and tired. I wanted to eat. 
To occupy myself, I felt around in the darkness. Eventually, my hand landed on something familiar. It was nothing, really, just a rusted metallic bar, but it felt familiar. The end was pointed and slightly crooked. I held it in my hands and remembered. My dad talking about how leverage could make anything possible. All you needed was a bar long enough. The memory was vivid. My dad trying to pry off a stubborn piece of old barn door frame from a rusty shed. It was like magic, he said. He used this big, long pry bar, and with barely any force, it popped right off. I opened my eyes, and the bar of rusted iron was glowing in my hands. I smiled. Magic here was truly beautiful. The bar meant moving something impossible to me, so it started to glow. Magic danced around me, and I felt the eagerness to pry and move and unmake. I grinned and planted the bar in the stone wall and wrenched. I needed only apply the smallest force to make the wall crumble. Now I was coming for the Kraken and my friends. That is the end of part three. I'm going to start with the good. I like the story. I liked the flow. Um, I actually, no, let's start with my jokes first. Um, oh yeah, no, I said we start out super happy because clearly someone watched Chernobyl. Oh, I'm in the darkness. Everything's awful. <laughs> so we start out there. Um, maglites are only destroyed by krakens because you could literally run one over true. and it's perfectly fine. Um, yep. Nope, not going to say that. The Castle of <laughs> Infinite Horrors! Boo! It was supposed yeah. to be on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said the flow and feel of this chapter reminded me a bit of Spirited Away. Kind of like... The character development yeah. that she has spirited away where, like, you start out, like, the scared girl, and as she goes through, it's like, she gains the confidence of, oh, hey, I'm in this world, I need to figure this out. I thought Alexis portray- uh, portrayed those same, like, character features, character traits. There we go. Um, yeah, and I felt like that flow was, oh, she's this lost girl in this kind of scary world, but she's still going to approach each problem. It's like, no, I have this confidence. I like that. Um, you also have a, oh yeah, you also have elements of Lord of the Rings in there. It's like, I, like with the goblins and with like the way that these infinite horrors, like they reminded me of how the goblins interact, especially in some of the Lord of the Rings movies. It reminded me of those feels. Yeah. There, there is like, that. Like, yeah. Specifically, I'm actually thinking of the Hobbit movie, the first one, where they go in like the whole Goblin yeah. Fortress. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, it was supposed to be reminiscent of that kind of. Also of the three trolls yep. in the Hobbit. And I'm also heard, um, the Lord of Infinite Horrors is less of an evil horror with that name, and he's more of a um, almost mustache twirling villain. Like, oh yes, <laughs> like kind of that. He's kind of, like, originally he was just supposed to be a straight-up Dracula. Like, just Dracula. But I was like, that's a little on the nose. So I kind of backed it off and just made him this weird, creepy thing that lives in this castle. And then when when you were starting to talk with him, I wrote, I swear to God, if he starts singing about how you're going to get your magical powers, I'm just going to lose it. Because, like, it was like the tone (laughs) you had was like one of those, and this is how you use your powers. I was like, please don't. I mean, if I had written a song for this, I would have been pretty proud of myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, and then another, the last, like, joke note, I was like, oh, God, the magic was always with you talk. It's like, we really, we really need one of those. Yeah, and then I put the real I treasure know. is knowledge. 
I you, know you, you did it's that. hard. You, it like, oh yeah, it was always within you. I was like, of course we have to have that. And then when she was in the pit, I wrote Umbrella Academy. Just listen to your heartbeat, and that's how you use your powers. Well, I know, it's I, not, but you're also not wrong. <laughs> it's it's tough, right? Because it's hard to not be super tropey. Yeah. Unless it's just like, here's your straight up magical sword, Excalibur. I, I kill the you, Kraken. I think you did you know? a good job. I mean, you hit tropes, but I do feel like it is a unique story. I do have the elements of Spirited Away, and as Spirited Away is my favorite Ghibli movie, like I am totally on board with that. Well, and the the reason I didn't want to do this story, like the reason I was hesitant about it, is that to me, if like the way I go with this is not just that she gets a murder sword and starts murdering things, which is not necessarily bad. Um, then it ends up being a little bit. That's the power of love. Um, and, and that always feels weird. We, we've talked so, about the power know. of I love struggle. multiple times on the show. And you know exactly how I feel about it. Good or bad. bad. I actually don't Awful. remember. Oh, okay. Sword Art on a Line. How do you watch anime? It's like all anime. Yeah, I know. Not all anime. Fully Hooli doesn't do the power of love. Cowboy does the power of self-confidence. Yeah, but that's not the power of love, is it now? You said a completely... You said, oh, no, but it does this completely different phrase. Well, no, but it kind of does do the metaphorical... Cowboy Bebop really doesn't. Samurai Champloo doesn't do it. Big O doesn't do it. Big O kind of at points. Oh, yeah, Big O does. Um, But you know what I mean? It's, It's like the... I willed it to be better, yeah, and, and that the made thing me is, strong, that, that you know? power of love is kind of what drives me insane sometimes, and I've talked about, like, many times that I do not like that in the least bit. I should have just had her be possessed by a demon that let her cut people in half with a bow and arrow. Anywho, but, okay, so, kind of the critiques is, um, part of this is just from our talk, like, right before we went into this, I feel like this is episode 5 out of 10 when it really needs to be, like, episode 8. Uh, you're not wrong. I, I feel I feel um, like this is like the middling adventure when it should have been, more, and like you said, you didn't want to write a resolution. Um, I think you'll kind of see. I I kind of did this in my own like not this isn't my own isn't the complete climax, but I did lead and have a climactic part, which is going to be the to be continued for how it gets resolved next week. I took it very. I took Climax as being very, okay, something huge happens in this, and then it has to be resolved next week. And that's what I took it as. This was just, like, the leading up to the Climax. So, like I said, it felt like it was it was episode five when it should have been episode eight. Um, yeah, I can see what you mean by that. Yeah, I think that's the only real, real big note. It's just, like, you. oh, yeah, that and that you introduced, like, new stuff in this chapter. Where it's, like, we're starting... we're go on our way to starting to wrap this up and you introduce more new stuff. Yeah. But again, I like the way it flowed. I'm not saying that makes us a bad story. I'm just saying that like our, No, I mean I like, feel like our heads I think are, those are accurate critiques. Our heads are in two different they, places they were stuff for that this I was, episode, I think. They they were stuff that I was like thinking as I was doing as I was writing it, it was like, oh this is kind of weird that I'm like dropping Ribbit and Yeah. Deb, the character. I, I, I did find that about. very weird that like, okay, they're not in this at all. But like the notion is that she needs to be alone for a little mm-hmm. bit. She can't just always be like following Ribbit and Deb, um, because it's her story, not the yeah. story of Ribbit. Yeah, and, and I Deb completely understand that. And I think that's one of the things that stood out about this chapter is that like she's figuring out herself and like in my own thing, like she's gaining her own confidence with this, like she's 
walking a little bit taller than the girl who in last week was pretty much like, oh, nope, here's something coming. Got to get out of here. Like, she's standing tall, and I like that a lot. Yeah. Like, to me, it's sort of um, like if you were to look at this in terms of like a story circle, like there's a section that's generally like failure, death, rebirth, and transformation. Yeah on the upswing towards the climax. And that's what this section was supposed to be was her like gaining self-confidence and learning how magic actually worked in this world. And that it wasn't just this flashlight that she was carrying it. Oh yeah. That's another standout thing. I liked how you kind of did a little bit more with magic, kind of explained it, that it's not just a magical item that magic is within you. Well, and it's like within the, uh, the thoughts you have on an item. So like, Old Deb made fire with a rock that looked like lava because to her it looked like lava and rock. So that makes fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, this definitely, like, like I said, I think that, like, were I to rewrite this, it probably would not be the same. But, cause I, I had those same thoughts while I was writing it. Is that, like, I had a reason, but at the same time reading it and writing it, I'm like, this feels weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know why I'm doing this, but I regret I, it. I, I think you I think you did a good job though, and I'm excited to see how it ends. I am looking forward to it, although I am worried about it. Hey man, you're do, you're doing fine. I should just write that's the power of love at the end and I, I, and I just, just love say, how ex- I'm extremely <laughs> I am encouraging of you. You're probably just gonna make fun of me, so you know, you're very harsh right yeah, now. Yeah, because I'm still mad. <laughs> I made one joke about you sniffing someone. Yeah, when I, I just... came off of a really excited weekend, and you're just like, hey, I'm just going to ruin this and not let you talk about this to the extent you want to talk about it. Uh, you. I feel like you talked about it for a bit. Not as long as Chernobyl. You do that well, every week. True. You're like, hey, here's my thing, and I don't care about what Jordan says. I do tend to talk for a long time. It is true. I, it's okay, reason. man. It's okay. I get it. I know that I will never be the center of attention, and I'm fine with that. I I also love giving you a hard time because it's very easy. It's extremely easy. Because I know you... Shut up, Cody. Shut up. I know that you don't actually get mad at the crap I say. At least I hope. And so I feel like I have free reign. I cry every night, Jordan. I have have a decently free reign because I know it's not going to ruin our friendship. Well, and also, I mean, if... I feel like at some point it becomes pretty hypocritical if I'm like, um, that was a hurt word. And then it's like, well, you've been a dick for like <laughs> for, 10 years of me knowing you. For 50 you, so. episodes, you've been this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, we started out like chill the first like two and then it just kicked off. <laughs> Anyways. Oh no, I lost all my notes. Aww. Moment of silence. My computer for- restarted and I didn't save them. That's why I do everything at a Google Doc because if I actually F up, it's still going to be there on the internet. Yeah, I should have done my notes in a Google Doc. And That's also, okay. I write, I write said my them notes. out loud on the podcast. Yeah, I write my notes by hand, so. Jordan, we got to stop ticking around. Let's get okay. to your story. I'm excited. Um, this is the Legend of Emery. So last time, we left off with both Magda and Samet coming to the island of Ketch, where they found a magical map that laid out where everything was on the breath. With that map, they decided to go and go straight to the Bolt of Elysian, which is the magical trident that can control monsters. And that's what Magda wants to use in order to unite the breath and create her own community. So they were going to go that way, but unfortunately they got attacked by pirates led by a man named Jonas. Um, Jonas had previously sailed with Magda, but it was all like under the pretense of being like another explorer, but he actually was just lying the whole time and ended up stealing all our stuff and burning her ship. So 
Magda was kind of apprehensive towards him. This time he was going to do the same thing, steal all their stuff and burn their ships. And But Samet decided to stand up and defend Magda. But unfortunately, Samet um, kind of misstepped and told Jonas exactly where the trident was. So Jonas decided to blow up Magda's ship after um, knifing her in the eye and sail off to the trident. Um, with their ships destroyed... Samet like felt true remorse for just ruining everything, but Magda said it was okay, and a island arose in front of them where they will start to rebuild and go after Jonas. So I am starting pretty much right where they left off with them on the island, and this is The Legend of Emery Part 3, Samet. Magda stood on the beach looking out at the wreckage of her ship. She looked tired. Her hair was tangled and ragged. Her clothes were torn with splotches of blood covering her, and her damaged eye was wrapped with a piece of cloth from her old sail. She was extremely beaten up with cuts and bruises all over, but despite all of this, she still smiled. Together, we gathered most of the wreckage and brought it up to the shore. It was a long task, but we finally got everything accounted for. We made a pile for supplies, and a pile for pretty much everything else. Her carving of the goddess Gwyn was severely damaged, its left arm was missing, and its face was heavily scarred. I watched as Magda knelt down next to it and cradled its face in her hands. Don't worry, old girl. I'll have you back to fighting form in no time, she said quietly. I gave her some space and went back out into the ocean to grab my own ship, the Destiny. As I pulled it to shore with a bit of rope, I noticed that while small, it felt more sturdy than it was before. I dragged it up onto the shore and returned to where Magda had set up. She was now sitting amongst the wreckage and putting together a new ship. As she grabbed the materials, they seemed to mold to her liking as if they were made of clay. She stretched pieces out and squashed them down to fit what she imagined her new ship would be. I didn't quite understand, but I recognized this as more magic from the breath. This was her ship, after all. Why wouldn't it been to her will? I moved, I moved closer, still watching with quiet amazement. But when I reached down to help her, she held out a hand to stop me. Sorry, Sammy, she said sweetly. But I think this is one thing I have to do alone. Um, if you're bored, in the meantime, why don't you go gather some supplies out in the forest? We definitely will need anything you can get your hands on for the journey ahead. Plus, I can tell you're still beating yourself up. Why don't you go clear your head? She was right. Thinking back to what happened still made me feel awful inside. But she said it was going to be okay, and after seeing her begin to build, maybe it was. I headed off into the forest, but as I walked, the dark hissing voices came back and my vision began to fall into darkness. I felt a huge weight pull down from inside of me. My mind was almost completely blank other than the voices. They were jeering and laughing up a storm. I couldn't push them down like before. Oh, foolish child. You really messed up this time. She doesn't need you. She never did. Failure. 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 She doesn't even want you near her. This time felt different. This time a great light burst from within. I remembered the words she said before. I was her greatest friend. Failure was a part of life. And every time she talked about the future, it wasn't just me, me, me. But she said us and our future. Over my time in the breath, I grew close to Magda, and I knew better than anyone, Magda meant every word she said. 
Those words weren't lies to make me feel better. They were sincere. I shook off the heavy feeling, stood up tall, and shouted to the sky above me. Listen, you! I am not a failure! I am not worthless! I am something! I am Samet, and I will follow my captain and learn from my mistakes. Nothing you say can hurt me anymore. I will not listen. I will not let you bring me down. Every step I make will be a step forward. Forward, forward, forward. My voice echoed in the jungle around me, and then the voices fell silent. The only thing I heard were the ambient noises around me. Fine. Fine. You win. We will leave you, boy. But whenever you feel down, we will be back to let you know just how worthless you are. A quiet hissing voice said, and then they were gone. I felt a huge weight lifted off my shoulders, and I continued walking forward. I had a job to do. No more playing around. It was time to find some supplies. In a clearing, I saw a small waterfall and decided to wash up. With the dirt and grime gone, I felt whole. I felt confident. I felt strong. I stayed in the jungle for some time and gathered food, wood, and some fibers to make rope among other things. When I felt like I found a good enough collection, I gathered up what I had and headed back to the beach. Breaking the clearing for the beach, I saw Magda standing there with her back to me, clearly admiring her work. Her ship was finished, and it was somehow more beautiful than before. It was smaller, but it still stood tall. The large sailboat was made up of strong brown wood with red accents. It had three ports on each side with three cannons each. Its massive sails blew in the wind and seemed to be made up of woven-together cloth from the old sail and colorful leaves from the jungle. The sails were brightly colored, and on the central sail, a painted white flame stood out amongst the color. On the bow, Magda's Lady Hope statue had changed. Now with both hands, it held a torch with a vibrant flame, and a regal look fell across its face. The ship was truly impressive, especially having been built in such a short period of time. I approached Magda, and she turned to greet me. Hey there, Sammy! Welcome back! She said with a smile, and threw her arms around me for a big hug. Heard you yelling earlier. Is everything okay? She said while concern crossed her face as she let go and looked me up and down. Yeah, it is now, I said back with a smile. Magda had cleaned up. Her hair was back to its vibrant shade of red, and her clothes were no longer dirty or torn. Despite just building a ship, she still managed to find time to bathe and make new clothes. She had used cloth from her old red jacket in order to make an eye patch that covered up most of her wound. But you could still see a bit of my stitch work poking out from below. On the patch was that same white flame symbol from the ship. She was now wearing a jacket that was made from her old jacket, but now came down to her ankles like a cape. I could tell that she had dyed and stitched in the leaves from the jungles. It started out red from her shoulders, but, it, but as it stretched down to her ankles, it faded into a navy blue. She noticed I was looking at her and gave a small twirl. On her back was the white flame symbol again. You like it? She asked. Of course, but what is that symbol? You seem to have it everywhere, I responded. This will be the symbol of the new community we create. It is the flame that will burn through any darkness, the flame of Emery. That's what I will call it, Emery, the city that will burn brightly for eternity. I smiled. It's perfect. Good, because I made you a jacket too. She handed me a short, dark green jacket with the flame of Emery painted on its back. 
I didn't know what size to make it, but I have a feeling it will fit, because, you know, magic, she said, handing it to me, waving her fingers back and forth. I tried it on, and it fit perfectly. Thanks, Magda. Now we really look like a team. You're welcome. So, you ready to go to the bolt? She said with excitement. I don't even know if my ship could even- Holy crap! Are you blind? Magda said, cutting me off. She pointed off in the distance, and that's when I saw it. My ship had grown quite a bit while I was gone. It had two large sails and a sturdy dark green and gold structure. It stood tall and shimmered against the sunlight. It was perfect for keeping up with the Lady Hope, but most importantly, it was mine. Yeah, I messed up here and there, but every experience on this trip led me here. With this, we could reach the Hydra's Domain and the Bolt of Elysion with no problem. Yeah, I think I'm ready, but I have one more question. Yeah, what's up? She replied. How is that flame still burning without catching the rest of the ship? I asked, confused. Magic! She said, waving her hands back and forth. With that, Magda and I grabbed our supplies and walked off to our ships. We set sail with the light of the sun at our backs. The golden, winds, the golden winds of the breath pushed us faster than we had ever sailed before. Magda wanted the trident more than Jonas, and the breath knew that. We had sat aboard the deck of the Lady Hope for a bit, figuring out the best route. We would go around a few islands and cut through the expanse of shadows, and after that, we would navigate through the open ocean until we hit the sable. Magda had originally feared that the darkness of the expanse would be too much for me to handle, but with my new confidence, her worries disappeared. Throughout this journey, we crossed many ships. The people would call out things like, Hey Magda! Nice new ship! And she would tell them the news. I found out where the Bolt of Elysion is, and I am going to build the city of Emery. Come to the southeast edge of the still waters of Sable, and we will build something new together. Excited, everyone would go back to their ship, tell their travel partners, their pets, their families, of the news Magda delivered, and said they would spread it to those interested. Part of me worried that if Jonas got the trident, we would be walking into our own graves. But Magda's confidence showed me that there was nothing to worry about. We followed the path that we laid out on the map, avoiding any obstruction that came along, and made it to the still waters faster than we could ever imagine. The still waters of Sable were supposed to be just that, still. It was considered to be the hardest stretch of the breath to traverse, as the winds didn't blow and the water sat completely still. Not many men entered that area for fear of being trapped forever. It is said that once you travel in, you either, either the madness or the monsters would take you. But that fate didn't befall us. Something was different. Maybe it was our own determination that had brought strong winds, or maybe something else. We were able to cross the still waters with great ease, and with the magical map, we knew exactly where to find the Hydra's domain. It was close to the edge of the still waters, but going all the way around would have taken us some time. Instead, this would be our escape route, for who knew how long the waters in Sable would flow? Only a week or so passed in our travels when we saw it break the horizon, the Hydra's domain. It was a massive cylinder of land that jutted out of the murky waters at a crooked angle. On the top of it laid a fortress carved of white stone, but the fortress seemed to be very, very old. The trees and other plant life grew off the sides of the domain. Alongside the brush, you could see nestings where birds and other creatures made their homes. The fortress was beat up a tad, but at the top there was a large courtyard with an abandoned garden. For what I could see from the binoculars, in the center of the courtyard was a large statue of a man holding a stone trident. From the stories that Magda told me, 
This figure was Alessian, the god who pulled a storm from the skies in order to make a weapon that both gods and monsters would fear. This was the goal that we were after. This was what Magda would use to unite the breath. From Magda's journal, we knew that the trident would be at the center of the domain, in Alessian's throne room. According to her journal, the fortress the fortress used to belong to Alessian, but was abandoned and became the home of the eponymous Hydra. Around the fortress, jutting up from the water, were colossal man-made stone pillars. These white monoliths were weathered, and you could see large gashes in them. I feared that these were claw marks from the owner of the domain. We sailed closer until we saw the ships that belonged to Jonas and his crew of idiots docked at the base of the fortress. They must have already made it inside. We still had hope, though. We could still make it to the trident before any of them. We sailed to the other side of the fortress to not risk being seen. There was a large man-made staircase crawling up the dirt of the island into the fortress. Magda and I docked and met at the bottom of the stairs. You ready? I asked her, knowing that of course she was ready. She waited her whole life for this. Oh yeah, definitely. Not nervous in the least bit, she said. She shook off her nerves and continued with her usual confidence. Okay, so here's the plan. I have been reading the notes my father left for me, and it seems like this place is filled with booby traps. Not like the ones in Catch. These are much more dangerous and will kill you in an instant. So be careful and follow my lead. I gulped nervously. It was like she passed on her nervousness to me, but I nodded for her to continue. Okay, so I led us to this side because there is a secret passage. This will hopefully lead us past most of the traps in the entrance, but as we get close to the center, the rooms will open up to be much larger, making it harder to avoid tripping a trap. I think we should stick closer to a high route and avoid being on ground level with Jonas. They are a ruthless bunch, and I don't think the two of us can take over 20 of them. I nodded in agreement, and she continued. There should be an area where we can drop down right by the trident. We can pull this off undetected and make a run before they even notice it's gone. Sounds like a plan, I said, trying to hide my anxiety. This is going to be tough to pull off. We could accidentally run into Jonas, and then what would we do? The only thing I could think to do was trust in Magda. Okay, here I go, on to my destiny, she said as she walked up the stairs with a brisk pace and squeezed into a small entrance at the base of the fortress. It was a tight fit that led to us pushed between two walls as we moved slowly inward. As we progressed, the narrow winding path spread out to a large hallway. We crossed many rooms, but Magda led us past them, believing them to be traps. Once we got to an open space, she crouched down and continued walking as quietly as possible. Finally, we made it into the central portion of the fortress. This was when things would be dangerous. I watched the floor as Magda carefully moved, avoiding traps like she knew this place by heart. Suddenly, she stopped and put her hand up. Holy sheesh, she said. I looked past her and saw what stopped her dead in her tracks. One of Jonas's men was filled with arrows and pinned to a wall. She continued past him, but not before saying, Be careful. You don't want to end up like that guy. She was right. There was no way I wanted to end up like that. As we continued inward, we saw more and more corpses of Jonas's men slain by traps. It's like he doesn't even care what happens to his men at all, I said to Magda. That's cause he doesn't. As long as he is fine, he doesn't care. He's probably sending them in first, she said back sadly. This only made me feel better about Magda's leadership. Unlike Jonas, she led the way, not afraid to put herself between me and the traps.
Don't worry. Here we are, she said, motioning to a wall that looked out of place. She pressed hard on a brick near her, and the wall opened up into a spiral staircase. When you read about this place every day from when you are five, you learn it very well. Anyways, this will take us above the throne room, and we can drop down by the trident. I quickly followed her up the stairs and onto a ledge in the next room. We were there, finally in the throne room. But so was Jonas. We moved to get a closer look. The room was huge with a high vaulted ceiling that was host to many exposed wood beams. Beautifully carved support pillars lined the path to, the, to a large staircase. The throne room was grandiose with a red carpet leading up the stairs into a large pedestal where the trident sat. It shone brightly against the dingy, tattered room. Holy crap! It's beautiful! Magda whispered to me, filled with awe. But as she said this, Jonas began his approach to the stairs. He was followed by five of his men, presumably the only five left. He seemed to be proud of himself, bursting with confidence. But his men seemed a tad bit shaken. Finally, boys! Right up there is the Bolt of Elysion! I finally made it! The world is at our fingertips! He said loudly, his voice echoing in the room. Magda and I moved closer and were standing pretty much on top of them. But boss, what about the others? They're all dead! One of his men said, terrified. I told you not to worry about that. They were weak and stupid. That's why they died. We are strong and smart, thus we will attain the trident, he said snidely. More will come to replace them. I've said this again and again. I will control all of the breath. The world will bow to me. He made a sudden stop, moved around a large exposed tile, and kept going. When his men approached, he turned back and held up his hand, stopping them. He then motioned around the tile for them to avoid stepping on it. They followed suit and continued walking. I looked closely and saw what the tile was. It had a symbol of a hydra on it and was raised out of the ground. Magda, I have a plan, I said, pointing at the tile. Sammet, are you sure? Yeah, I will be the distraction and you will grab the trident, I said. I was never more sure about anything than I was about this. But Sammet, that's extremely dangerous. Don't worry about me. I am unstoppable, I said as I took a grappling hook that I brought from the ship and threw it, catching it around an exposed beam in the ceiling. And then I pulled it tight. Go quick. We can't let him get up those stairs. She nodded in agreement and moved down the ledge, disappearing into a hole in the wall. She quickly poked her head back out, stared me down with her emerald eye, and said, Be careful, Samet. I don't want to lose you. I will, I said, and she disappeared again. I stood up straight, took a deep breath, and screamed, Jonas! Jonas whipped around just before his front foot touched the step. Well, if it isn't weak, little Samet, he jeered. I didn't think you would make it this far. But what can you do now? The trident is within my grasp. He pointed up towards the trident and gave a menacing grin. This, I called back, and swung down from the ceiling with great speed, let go of the rope, and landed right on the hydra tile that he had been so careful to avoid. I skidded to a quick stop, and the tile depressed and made a loud clicking noise. Kunk! Suddenly, a loud roar erupted deep from within the fortress. You fool! What did you do? Jonas screamed. The whole fortress began to violently shake, and I almost and I was almost thrown off my feet. 
I ran towards Jonas and his men, but fortunately for me, his men were frozen still and didn't react to my approach. Boss! One of Jonas's men screamed. The Hydra's coming! The Hydra's coming! They were all wide-eyed and full of panic, but they drew their swords ready for a fight. The loud roar erupted again, and suddenly the large head of a great fanged dragon burst from the ground, tossing one of Jonas's men into a pillar. The room continued to quake as the dragon's snake-like neck whipped back and forth, its black and blue iridescent scales flung debris everywhere. The Hydra locked eyes with Jonas's men and attacked. They foolishly rushed towards it as I rushed past them, believing that they could take the monster down. But the gigantic Hydra head attacked, giving them no time to think. Jonas turned, turned around and ran up the stairs. He knew the only way out of this was to get the trident. I followed suit, running past the Hydra and the falling debris, trying to keep from being thrown off balance by the quaking earth. Behind me, another Hydra head burst forth to help the first finish off Jonas's men. Jonas made it to the top of the stairs and pushed harder to close the gap to the trident. He stretched out his arm with hope, but then Magda dropped down and grabbed the bolt of Felician. She looked up at him, her emerald green eye blazing with the fires of victory. Checkmate, Jonas, she said with a big smile across her face. He skidded to a stop and screamed, HOW? Magic, she replied with a grin, waving her fingers of her free hand. I will not lose to the likes of you two, he screamed. Jonas had completely lost it. Just then, his men let out an ear-piercing scream, and we all turned back to look. The Hydra's heads tore out of the room, breaking the support pillars along the way. The room began to collapse. That's it! The trident will be mine! Jonas grabbed the knife from, his, from a sheath on his hip, but I was faster. I tackled him to the ground, sending his knife skittering across the floor. His face struck the ground with a loud crack. He flung back an elbow and struck me on the side of head, sending me reeling backwards. I got up, but not before Jonas was to his feet. His nose was broken and his lip was split in two, both spewing blood into his scraggly shadow of a beard. I will not be made a fool of, he cried. Well then, come and get me, Magda said slyly. She turned and ran down a hallway behind where the trident had been sitting. The room along with the rest of the fortress violently shook and the Hydra's roars could be heard throughout. Without hesitation, Jonas ran after her and I ran after him. We were close to winning this fight. I wasn't going to let Jonas lay a finger on that trident, even if the whole fortress fell down on our heads. We will win this battle, and Magda would unite the breath. And that's the end of my part. Lay it on me, bro. Okay, hang on. I was just writing. I didn't write a bunch of notes through kind of like that okay. end scene, because I was just wanting to soak like... It in. Well, and it, they don't really apply until I know how it ends. Oh, so, I'm gonna soak know. up the sun. I'm gonna tell the end. Sorry. No, it was fine. Like I said, it's just the end, and editing saves yeah. all that anyways. Um, okay, so starting from my notes, Jordan, talk to me about boats. Yeah, more boats. Boats! I love all the stuff about boats. Unironically, I think it, it is my favorite part right now is the boats. That no, seems no, mean. Really, I mean that I, in a really like, good way. That's why I chose the story, because I like the whole open ocean sailing boats. Just all of it's really fun to me. Well, the way you're using the boats is very clever, and you're doing a good job with the boats. I like the building of boats. I like that they change. I think all Thank of that you. is great. 
That's that's something I was very proud of when I wrote it down. I also said, "Don't watch me while I'm making the boat," because <laughs> um, that made me laugh. <laughs> of course. Um, okay, so walking does help you clear your head. Our characters both just right. love walking and darkness and walking well, alone. They don't and love darkness. darkness. He was attacked by the darkness. Yeah. Uh, also, I should have had a crazy voice so I could write dialogue instead of first-person narration. Right. Because um, that's so a better much way to easier do it. just to have like the voices inside your head actually talking. It's like, man, writing internal content conflict sure is difficult yeah, i just won't they, do that's it that's when like, you have them hissing smarter. and yell stuff at you instead of like actually writing yeah oh then i felt this way then i felt this way. no let's have someone just yell how i feel yeah also um the next note i had is this is an anime he's yelling at the sky <laughs> um because that happens in pokemon where ash, ash ketchum literally screams at a storm that he's gonna conquer the world it's a very yeah, anime no, it, thing. Is. it very is but uh, also, I said nice echo. 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 Um, yeah, I was gonna do that at the end with then um, I wrote, Jonas in the throne room, but I'm like, I can't with that voice. The trident will be mine, 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 mine. It's very hard to do. <laughs> uh, I also, my next note is, I am Sam. It damn it. Um, yeah, you keep making that, that joke, joke every episode. It's just every time someone says his name in like a very declarative way, I'm just like, I just, I just think Rocky Horror. I can't help it. Um, oh, I like the, um, I said the time skip for the boat and then it reflects the stuff on the island. What I mean by that is I liked that you kind of didn't get like a play-by-play of them building their boats. They're just like, there's a boat now and here's how it looks. I thought that was a good way to keep the story going. Um, and again, I said the boats are the best part of this thing. (laughs) Um, I also said, wow, she's very fast at bathing and making new clothes. LOL, now we have team jackets, which I also love. <laughs> yeah, I thought about this. Like, we're going to make a city, so it might as well look the same, right? Yeah, right? I, I also like the magic. Uh, I like the way you're using it. My exact note was, I like the magic. It makes me happy. Happy magic. The breath is a magical place, and I wanted to incorporate that magic feel of it without being like, ah, oh, she shot fire out of her hands. Like, like I wanted right, to be, right. I wanted to be I, I like that it's a special subtle. type of magic. Like the place itself is magical. You don't necessarily use the magic, but the place itself is magical. Yeah. No, I think that works out well. This is kind of a negative comment, but also kind of not. It's like a this is a short story uh, comment. Um, yada yada and got me in so, trouble finally. No, no, no. It's really not that. Well, it kind of is actually. It's that I wish there was more stuff with Magna and Magda, the breath folk. With the D. Magda. Like sorry. Magdalene again. I know. Um, cause I feel like that's going to come up. If it's not going to come up, then you shouldn't have written those parts into the story. (laughs) Well, right. Like, and it's clearly foreshadowing. Um, and again, this is one of those like short story woes. You can only put in so much stuff. If this was a full novel, we would have had already actions and adventures where they like go out and like meet the other people. Yeah. Cause I stated right. I think in the first one where it's like, oh yeah, she already has a great repertoire with people of the breath. Like she passes, they know who she is. Like they know her as Magda, this kind of like bright shining light amongst the breath. Um, and and I like that. And I think again, like I don't know if this is really like I said, I don't know if this is negative or not. I guess just like from listening to it, that feels like something that should have been shown more yeah. than told. But I also know it's short story, so what are you going to do? Something well, I, has to I be I want cut. her to, like, um, again with the Ghibli stuff, I want her to kind of be, like, the type of characters in the those films of being... Yeah, she, like, she comes like across that way. Almost. Yeah. No, I, I think she's a good character, and I like her. You know, it's just, like I said, short story yeah. was. It's just a thing that I noticed is missing that I think would add to the story, but I also understand you only got 20 pages. Um, so... 
okay, I'm going to get the name wrong. There's like that still water that's oh, like the expanse. The still waters of, of like, Sable. Yeah, the still waters of Sable. Are they across the still waters of they Sable? Are within the still waters of Sable right now. They're t- they're towards the okay. end of it though. Okay. Like it is this great expanse like the hide the Hydra's domain was like on one side and they approached it from the far side so they would have had to go around it, but they decided to cut through. Gotcha. Um, I think this is another one of those short story woes where you're like, it's really dangerous and there's monsters. Now we're at the Hydra place. And yeah. I'm like, wait. And I kind of tried to, but, like, see, I know. knew that was going to happen. And I tried to kind of um, erase that with saying, okay, the breath, like, knew that they wanted this so bad. So it helped them through. Like, because of magic. Yeah. Wave my fingers back and forth. <laughs> um, okay. So then my next thing is harshing on Jonas is pretty mean because you keep calling Jonas stupid. I did I called his um, crew of idiots. I never called him stupid. Oh, there you go. Crew of idiots. Um, Oh, I was also going to say, I like that Mag, duh, is not... I got it that time. I like that she's kind of not perfect. Like, she's not just a, like, a Mary Sue-esque character. Like, she has moments of self-doubt and worry, and I think those are good to have, because otherwise she's just, like, Mm. Lady Hero. Which, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know what I mean. It it makes her character feel a little bit more real. Like, I wanted yeah, her to be yeah. the shining light, but I also wanted to, like, a character that's not like, oh, I do everything right the first time, which um, she does a lot, though. Okay, so now, this next comment is, like, subjective, and it's something I, like, kind of want to talk about a little bit, just in terms of your oh, story. No. So, Samet is kind of our POV character. He's almost kind of yes. like Mad Max, you know what that's I mean? That's exactly what he is, yes. Um, and he's not, like, exactly the main character of the story yeah. that's happening, he is the point of view character. Um, so I guess I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Don't worry. If you put it wrong, I'm going to get super defensive and make fun of you. So so there's no worries. <laughs> like, we're good. We're good, bud. Well, I guess. Um, so the story is kind of about Samet having character growth while Magda does something yes. important. Um, and I guess there's a little part of me that wishes Magda oh. dies. Or what? Ha- was dead. You want to kill Magda? Kind of. I almost do a little bit. Like, there's that little part of me that's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it, it's, you know, Thorin dies before he gets to be the king of everything. I, I can't it's sort of kill that her thing. off. I like her too much. She's she's a good character. No, and I, I, I don't think it's bad because you're not. There's just that little part of me that sort of wants her to die. <laughs> that's horrible. Um, Just because I want that to fall on Samet to have to kind of grow enough to kind of take I, I, over I that mantle. I cannot kill her. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, spoilers, well, guys, I mean, she obviously not die. at this point. Like, I, I well, cannot. Right, I, I mean, cannot, that ship's yeah, kind of sailed. ship sailed, <laughs> Well, and also, like, if you fourth act kill your main no, hero, that's a little... Well, little, I mean, a lot of like, things fourth act kill the hero. Yeah, but it would have had to been, like, a suicidal moment of, like, her, her yeah, heroic I'm, self-sacrifice I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not killing her, but she's, she's too special. No, no. And I don't, I don't really necessarily think that's bad. Um, it's just a, it's a different perspective. You know what I mean? Which I guess is the perspective of like Mad Max, but in Mad Max, Furiosa like had more of a. Furiosa changed more than Mad Max did. He was just Mad Max yeah. the whole time. You know what I mean? So it's kind <laughs> of flipped. Like Magda's the consistent character. Magda Max. Um, yeah. It, anyways, don't, it's just it's it's an interesting her. structure. Wait, no, I'm I'm in charge. No, of it. I'm not. I'm not saying. Her. Yeah, you don't have to. I'm just saying. There's that little part of my brain that just kind of keeps expecting her to like get Obi Wan yeah, no, Kenobi. Sorry, bro, it's not happening. You know what I mean? 
like she's kind of the mentor, so I just keep thinking. She, I just like yeah, my brain just. Can't I'm get not over gonna do the gonna same die. story that everybody does and kill her like every else would do. Right, Everyone else would right. do. Well, and she's she's not just the mentor character either. Like she's she's that's not exactly the structure that mm-hmm. she's filling. You know what I mean? Um, but I guess I mean in my story, old Deb isn't necessarily dead yet. She probably is. Um, and that would have been the. Same I'm actually kind of thing. honestly worried that old but, Deb might be dead or dying. <laughs> it is unclear at the moment, but for the sake of what's her name, she doesn't have old Deb yeah. to lean on. Um, but yeah, that's just something that I found interesting. It's been like I have expected her to die every and, and episode. And the thing I say about point. that is just like because we have these stories set out that are done in a certain way. This, um, this not trying to sound rude with this. This is my story. I want to tell it without having the chains of other stories hold me down. Yeah, no, I get that, and I think that's a good way to be. Um, that you know, you use the structures that work for yeah. you and ignore the ones that don't. There's no rule that says you have to have a mentor yeah, that gets killed. But you killed. do have to you fight a giant mean? hydra at the end. Right, right. Um. So, anyways, that, that was that was just one of my notes. It was just something I, I had thought about while I was listening. Um. Jonas is good. I like Jonas. He is pure evil, but that is okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, he he is that chaotic I, I, I evil that we need. Yeah, he's just like straight up nuts, which is fine. It's just every time he shows up, I'm like, well, there's not going to be any surprises here. You're yeah, straight and, Satan. And I also, with him, I didn't want it to be like what we talked about last week with anime. It's like, oh, suddenly the bad guy who you've been chasing this whole time turns good. It's like, you know what? You're right. You do deserve the trident. I was wrong the whole time. No, no, no. He's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> And then tries to kill them. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a place for that in fiction, and I think especially since these are so short. Oh you don't no, really no, have no! Time Even if this was like a long novel, he's gonna be evil, <laughs> like chaotic evil through and through. Um, I like your henchman voices. They're oh, good. And, they're good and doofy, which is perfect. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, my next note is, oh, okay, I just thought Samet was gonna straight up brain him. <laughs> like, I, I thought this was gonna be, and then I tackled his head into the rocks and he was dead. <laughs> just, I splattered him like a melon! Yeah, just, Jonas is done. Done, so. Yeah, I, I definitely thought he was gonna go Kersplats. Um, and then my last note is, you exaggerated to me how much this is the absolute climax of the thing. It, I told you, it's the climax and then the setup for the end of the climax and then the resolution. Like, Yeah, I mean, I guess you made it seem like it was like your story was going to be totally resolved at the end of this when we started. But that's okay. No, no, no. Because next We're, week is supposed to be the resolution. I, I'm just saying. I did a, what the freaking prompts said to do. Unlike well, someone I know. And actually, like, if you want to be, be all persnickety about it, climax is a turning point in the story. Oh, um, look, they found the trident and are running for their lives turning point in the story well right but the turning point for me was uh what's her name uh learning how to use magic that was my i mean the turning point a turning i had multiple turning points but a a turning point a turning point was sam getting the confidence and defeating the voices yes i agree with that i agree with that i just think that was like structurally we are not as far off as what i had initially thought when we started i think we are i think we're on two different paths of how we want to tell these stories. Well, and also, like, pulling the curtain back a little bit, fighting the Kraken is not going to be a really long, drawn-out battle. That's oh, not no, really? I'm envisioning it. Yeah. yeah well, and also because a... I only have five pages. Yeah, so okay, wait, have I do have another note. Pages. Was this actually five pages for you? Yeah. Or were you... That was five pages? It was, oh, it was, like, just this much over five. Actually, hold on. Give me a second. I can tell you exactly how much it was. Jeez, you fit a it, lot into five yeah, pages. Yeah, no, it was, like, it was a paragraph over five. 
man. Yeah. You fit a lot into five pages. Because I know I I know what I want to cover. And I I feel like your second part, you did a lot of like the discovery writing of like trying to find your character's voices. Kind For of. me, I went in knowing exactly where each of these parts was going to end, and I knew exactly what I had to do to get to those. I knew where each section was gonna end. Like I knew that my sections were going to be like section one, she and initially refuses to go with Deb and then decides to. Section two is going to be her, like, turning to go back and try to help fight the Kraken and losing. I knew the end of section two had to be the flashlight breaking. And then I knew the end of section three was going to be discovering magic um, in, like, the pit of that castle. So I, like, knew those beats. Um I think section two was wandry because I was trying to figure out how to establish the world. Well, and here's my, and like, I don't know if this is a difference, but I came in knowing that section one was going to start with him on the boat. He was going to meet Magda. They were going to go into her boat, talk, and then they were going to set off for an adventure with the montage in me. I knew section two was going to start with them wandering catch, going to run, um, find the map, run into Jonas, and then um, have their conversation on the like broken boat. And land on the island like i knew every single story beat before i started writing i definitely didn't have it in that like much I, yeah i had i had it was like connect the dots where i had like the picture and i just needed to draw the lines like the whole picture yeah. was done you just felt like you had to start and finish and had to draw the line there the uh really yeah i guess actually section two was the most random hmm. for that in a way because i think gosh i'd have to remember what i had planned out ahead of time I think that I knew that, hmm, no, because I kind of set up Ribbit. No, but there was, yeah, the first time I set up Ribbit, there was going to be the idea that the reason she chased, the reason she ran into, is because of him robbing her, and I decided not to do that, and then his character changed. So that was different, actually. Yeah, Yeah, because originally, the the flip here was going to be that she had the flashlight from her dad, and then she was going to have her mom's necklace. Ooh. Um, and that was going to be like the two items that had magical properties. Um, and I just kind of ended up going a different way with that because I didn't like the goblin robbing being the reason that she went on the adventure. So it just kind of changed. And I also didn't want goblins to be evil. Like I kind of like the idea of like none of these creatures are necessarily evil. I am, I am a very um, good, bad, light, darkness guy. You need to have the light. You need to have the absolute darkness. There's definitely not that in my story. Oh. Like, the Kraken is this giant unknowable force. It's not really even necessarily evil at Oh, yeah, the no. Jonas is straight up the devil. <laughs> um, and I mean, even, like, the Lord of Horrors in my story, he's not evil. Yeah, he's, he's just, very, like, he has... He's a very Ghibli villain where, like, none of them are necessarily evil. Like, well, and I mean, he just, he just from has the a... um, Spirit of the Way isn't evil. She's just kind of a old hag. Yeah, he just thinks that fear is a good teacher. So throw someone in a pit, they'll learn to crawl out of pits. Yeah, no, like, honestly, your whole story could be a very good, like, kids or Ghibli film. Well, and originally it was supposed to be a lot more cartoonish. Yeah, yeah yours was supposed to be, like, from, like, what, six or seven-year-old? Yeah, and that she, was originally. And um, this, Alexis is, like, 13, I would say, 13, 14. Yeah, she's supposed to be in, like, middle, like, like middle school. Middle school going on high school, something like that. Yeah, no, both Sam and Magda are in their 20s. And Jonas, I was... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, for some reason, I didn't think that. But Why? What did, What age do you give them? I don't know. They not can, 20s. They can be whatever you want to be, because that's how the story... I didn't say an age specifically during the story, because, like, it's up for you to imagine them how they are. 
Like, that's why I didn't truly yeah. describe too much of Magda other than red hair, green eyes. Yeah, right. Well, I, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, green yeah. eyes and crooked teeth. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a, well, because, like, I didn't want everybody to imagine, like, this super, like, pretty much, like, if this was going to be turned into a movie, I didn't want some super, I didn't want Scarlett Johansson to be Magda. Like, I wanted someone Whoa. who had some flaws and, like, she has rough teeth, like, She's always kind of dirty. Her hair's ragged sometimes. So what you're telling me is Scargo Scarjo could play this character no. if she wore big or a, what was it? Billy Billy Bob teeth. What are those called? You know, like the crickety rubber teeth. Oh, like the Freddie Mercury teeth from um, the Queen movie. <laughs> did he wear fake teeth yes. for that? Yes, he did. Oh, Watch the trailer. Geez. He wears like fake horse teeth, dude. It's bad. Oh, <laughs> I just don't care about that movie. This is mean. I just don't care about. Hey, I like get it off. We're getting it off sub- subject. We can talk I about. I know, after. but I'm just subject. so annoyed at these. You know what movie makes me matter is the one about what's his name, Elton um, John. Pian- yeah, who's still alive, dude? Like, I actually, I want to see Rocket Man way more than I want to see the Queen movie. Elton John's alive. You gotta wait till they're dead. You can't start making these biopics when the dude's alive. I mean, but Elton John is fantastic. I love that man. Yeah, but just wait okay. till he's dead. What I want, but I know that it wouldn't be as good as I'm imagining, the David Bowie movie. I don't want any of like, these. Like, man. I just I just love David Bowie, though, so much. He's, I do, and I like listening to his music, but I just don't want to watch a dramatization Yeah, we, we did, life. like, a couple of David Bowie songs at karaoke night. I was like, I love this man. He's great. He, he's a fantastic dude. And he had that weird eye. See, everybody has to have that one flaw. I don't think any of my characters have distinctive flaws other than old Deb is old. Yeah. I mean, Jonas is just evil. But anyways, we need to wrap this up because we're going on two Yeah, hours. what? It's only been two hours, well, I mean, Jordan. We're gonna, yeah. But anyway, thank y'all for listening. Um, I'm going to go first for once so Cody doesn't steal the spotlight. You can check us out on the Wandering Gamer Network as well as Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, please rate, review, and leave comments. Please, guys, leave comments. I know there's 30 of you. I see you. I see you. We don't actually see you. This this is audio, and we don't know yeah. where you live. Um, but you can check me out on something, I guess, zero zero at twitch.tv. I got a capture card for my PS4, so I can be playing some Bloodborne and some PS4 games on Twitch now without that weird, like, PS4 Twitch streaming thing popping up on the side. Is there a weird yeah, PS4 Twitch stream thing? When you Twitch stream on PS4, there's like a window and you, the comments come up on the screen. And it's just, I don't like it because like you can't, Oof. it shrinks the screen down. So I can't really see what I'm doing. But yeah, so you can check us out. Well, check me out there. Um, Cody streams every now and then. And Cody, what are your plugs? Uh, just Wandering Gamer Network. You know, uh, check me out there. We're running a game called... Uh, Outlaws Wanted. I am just about to finish my first story in that. It took a little while. It's only like nine episodes, but you know, good time. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, check us out later then. Bye. Bye. Bye.